0: Father, we do ask that your word would be a blessing, and not just to stop there, because all is to be to your glory. And So we ask that as you bless us with your word, we might respond then, Father, with life and with worship uh, in our thinking, in our attitudes, in our walk of life, uh, in our profession that we make, Uh, with your Spirit's blessing, uh, to give glory to your great name. We'd ask that you hear us in Christ's name, amen. Matthew 21, 12 through 17 is our passage for this day, and it's in the aftermath, actually, of the Palm Sunday event that we would find in verses 1 through 11 of Matthew 21, Uh, but we pick up then in verse 12 of Matthew 21, where we hear about Jesus Cleansing the Temple. And that's not the only thing we see there, but that's how the title is in the ESV Bible. But it's more than that. We see healing, we see cleansing, we see praise all happening in the temple. Uh, uh, and, And that just points out again to us about how Jesus Christ is deserving of our hosannas. We look to those verses this morning. Matthew 21, verses 12 through 17. And Jesus entered the temple But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read? Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies? You have prepared praise, and leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. We do thank God for his word this day, and may indeed be a blessing unto his praise today. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you look at the scriptures, you can say in faith that these passages that we read in scripture are God's Word. Speaking to you. Now they could be speaking to you about how you need Him, about how you need to praise Him, uh, how much you, how you must seek Him out in prayer, uh, how you want to live in light of His grace. But they speak to you. And sometimes it can be easier, and sometimes it can be harder, of course, to see how the Scriptures speak to you. But they do. And they're indeed profitable. Profitable. To you, They're designed for your encouragement, for your edification, so that you might give honor to the Lord. And our passage that's before us this morning speaks to the honor that the Lord Jesus deserves as the son of David and as the son of God, an honor that was reserved for God himself. He is indeed deserving of Hosanna on this Palm Sunday. But every day, that that praise-filled call to the one who saves his people as the one who comes in the name of the Lord. It's good for us to hear that Jesus is deserving of Hosanna. That's what we see in this passage at its kernel. If left to the ups and downs to regulate the praise that we would give to the Son, the ups and downs of life, I should say, we would not always be so quick to praise him. If we're just strictly going to look at what's happening without the eyes of faith. But our passage reminds us that despite the ups and downs, and even in one sense because of that, Jesus Christ is deserving of our praises. He's deserving of our hosannas, young and old alike. We're going to be taking a look then again at the cleansing then that happens in the temple, the healing that happens in the temple, and the praising that happens in the temple. And we see all those things here in this passage, don't we? First we take a look at how he's deserving of of Hosannas because for one reason, he cleanses the temple. Malachi 3 verse 1 says that the Lord would come down suddenly in his temple and cleanse it like a refiner's fire and like the fuller's soap. And the fuller was the person who cleansed cloth, cleansed wool, so that it would be clean. Uh, He'll purify the sons of Levi, we hear, and refine them like gold and silver. The Lord would come to cleanse. Only the Lord God has the authority to do that. It's the Lord Jesus who does that. And he does that in the aftermath of his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Why did the temple need cleansing? Well, our passage says that Jesus drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those who sold pigeons. You needed the shekel to pay the temple tax annually. And when people came annually for the Passover, there were those who needed money converted. People would sell what was needed for sacrifice as well. So what was the problem? Well, from what we gain from the Apostle Matthew's account is that the temple, which was supposed to be a house of prayer, becomes instead, is being made into a den of robber. Now one thing... For sure, that we can say about what Jesus does here is he comes to sanctify what has been desecrated. Now, why was it desecrated? Didn't the people need a currency exchange? Did they not need the animals that were provided for sacrifice? Yes, but but two things were happening here. On the one hand, what could have been happening is that those who were selling were corrupt extorting the price for those who had come a long way to worship. They were robbers. They were defeating the purpose of the use of the temple as a place of holy worship. On the other hand, what, when the term den of robbers is used in Jeremiah seven eleven, because Matthew is quoting from there, uh, it speaks in the context of people who were using the temple in a superstitious way as if coming to the temple to worship would make everything else they did wrong all right. They could do what they pleased during the week, and the temple becomes their security blanket. They really worship the temple rather than the one to whom it pointed. In Jesus' day, they were looking at the temple more like a symbol of national pride. Even, even the, his disciples could say, well, wow, you know, look at how beautiful this, this temple is. In fact, the word robber, when we look at that word, the den of robbers, that word robber was often used to mean not a thief, but a nationalistic rebel. Barabbas, in Matthew twenty seven sixteen is called a robber. But he wasn't perhaps so much a robber as he was a zealot. A nationalist who was accused of treasonous crimes against Rome. Well, if if that's how this desecration is to be viewed, then we see that instead of bringing praise and prayer to the Lord, these people were more concerned about their misguided political priorities. It's interesting that it wasn't just, and take note of that in the text. It isn't just the sellers that are driven out, are they? It's the buyers. I think it's easy. It's easy for me, anyway, when I think about when he cleansed the temple that he was, cleansed, he, was he was tossing out the sellers, but he was to- tossing out the buyers too. Buyers and sellers were driven from the temple because it was buyer and seller alike who had turned the temple into nothing more than a nationalistic stronghold instead of the house of prayer that it was meant to be. Either way, whether we speak about the extortion of sellers or the nationalistic superstitions of Israel, the worship of the Lord was desecrated, and that's the bottom line. And it required the holy God to cleanse it. Why then is Jesus worthy of the hosannas of the children who cry out enthusiastically? Why is he worthy of the hosannas of children on Palm Sunday? Why is he worthy of hosannas of us? Well, in part, it's because he's the only one, and that's what you got to gain especially from this. He's the only one who can cleanse desecration. Only he is the righteous one that way. Only he can establish a temple so new and so holy and so clean that its desecration will be no more. Ultimately, the temple of Jerusalem gets destroyed, doesn't it, in AD 70? It could not be the everlasting kind of temple that would always maintain this holy communion between God and men. All it could do is picture it and anticipate its, its significance in Jesus Christ. The temple represented God's presence. But as Jesus would say in Matthew 12, verse 6, in the same gospel, somebody better than the temple is now here. And he's the one. He was better Because he would have the authority and the power and the purity to cleanse what was desecrated. He would be that one who would destroy the temple and raise it on the third day. Only he was that to which the temple pointed. He was Emmanuel. Right? Matthew begins and ends that way. He's God's presence with us. He's the one who could keep His promise to be with His people to the close of the age and the temple in Jerusalem couldn't do that. Only He could purify His people. Only He. Only He could save them from their sins. And only He would continue to work His purifying works in the lives of his people, the temples of the Lord that way, even though the fiery trials that they must face as the Apostle Peter would relate to us would come. Only he could make all things new in his time, in fact, and cleanse the creation. Only he could make all things new holy and freed from sin as the new heavens and the new earth will become where righteousness dwells. And all of that cleansing, whether you're talking about what happened in the temple then, whether you're talking about Jesus Christ himself, whether you're talking about the cleansing he does to people, whether you're talking about the creation that's going to be cleansing, all of that is why he's worthy of our hosannas. And that the kids got it. We'll we'll get to that in a moment, but But particularly when we have known his wonderfully saving, cleansing, purifying, sanctifying work today. And as we anticipate the fullness of that cleansing one day when he returns in resurrection glory and makes everything new. So he cleanses the temple. We also see why he's deserving of Hosannas because of his healing at the temple, right? Our text says that to us that the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. In the temple they came. And that's remarkable. Because it's said in the days of Jesus that the blind and the lame and the deaf and others with disabilities were not allowed any farther than the court of the Gentiles when approaching the temple. You couldn't approach the Lord in his temple with a sacrifice when you're in the court of the Gentiles. The unclean could go no farther than the court of the Gentiles. The unclean could go no farther than that. If you were allowed further, you would desecrate the temple with the mentality. But when we learn, and what we learn from the healings of Christ, is that here is the one who gives access to those who are kept from it. Here's the one that's greater than the temple, because unlike the temple building, Christ is not overcome with contamination, or suppose so. He's in fact bringing cleansing with his healing touch. And what the temple couldn't do to bring cleansing, this great Emmanuel, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of David, he could do it. He was able to bring access to God's presence, which would otherwise be denied. In his healing, he pointed to his ability to rid his creation of the effects of sin, both spiritual and physical. He heals all our diseases. He forgives all our sins, as Psalm 103 would say. How deserving of Hosanna is like no other. And the same thing's true for us, of course, when we see Christ for who he is. The Holy One, the Son of David, the Son of God, who's worthy of Hosanna's. For he is the one who calls us to his salvation. Hosanna is literally saying, save us, Lord. And he says, yes, I will. He's the one who calls us to his salvation through faith in him. Embrace that. Marvel in it. It's he who gives us access to God's presence that we may be in communion with him, which we celebrate this coming Friday again. It's he who shows us mercy. It's he who saves us by his blood through faith in him. It's he who's worthy of our hosanna. And so then it shouldn't surprise us, then, should it? That when you see that he's the one that cleanses the temple and he's worthy of our hosannas, and if he's the one who uh, ends up healing in the temple worthy of our hosannas that you see hosannas <laughs> that you see praise taking place in the temple you see cleansing in the temple you see healing in the temple you see praise in the temple and that's that's our third point too isn't it shouldn't surprise us that that's exactly what he receives and he receives it in the temple by the children who are there All right? And he says, our passage says, when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. We see the cleansing, we see the healing, we see the praise now. And what a contrast between the sophisticated leadership of the Jews that way, of of chief priests and scribes, and the children who are giving praise. These these sophisticated people here, these chief priests and scribes, they see all these things and they see the children responding enthusiastically and, and no doubt repeating what the crowds were shouting just the day before and And instead of saying to themselves, as they see these wonderful things happening, and say, you know what, that makes sense, that this is appropriate, what these children are doing. They're indignant. It was so plain as to who it was who was deserving of Hosanna that even little children understood it. Even the very young who, who just learned to speak. And you know, there's much that can be learned about the children and their cries. And there's five things that come to mind. One, you don't have to be remarkably sophisticated to understand that Jesus Christ deserves praise for his saving work. Two, when people are enthusiastic about their faith, which is what was happening, it shouldn't surprise us that children will follow with their enthusiasm. And if you are not enthusiastic about your faith, it shouldn't surprise us if your children will not be enthusiastic about it either. Three, when children like these or our own are enthusiastic in their praise, we as adults can learn a thing or two about that enthusiasm. Four, this passage goes to show you boys and girls and young people and young adults that you belong in the worship of the Lord. You don't belong somewhere else. You belong there with the grown ups. Five, we can learn that you don't have to wait until you're older to show your enthusiasm and the joy of the Lord who deserves your hosannas. You don't have to sit there and go, I don't want anybody to see me singing so enthusiastically because that's just not cool. I'm not singing. I'm not going to be enthusiastic about this. Maybe when I get older, when nobody cares, but not right now. Now we can learn that you don't have to wait until you're older to show your enthusiasm, enthusiasm and your joy of the Lord, who deserves your hosannas just as much as he deserves the enthusiastic prayer, praise of adults. And in this point, we also that, we've, that we're at right now about the when we're looking at the praise of the temple. We also learn that when Jesus quotes from Psalm eight, and you notice that he does there. He says, yes, have you not ever heard or have you never read out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise? Uh, He quotes from there, a psalm where God ordained worship for himself from children. Children of God's gracious covenant. That worship belonged to his divine son as well. When he quotes there, and that God ordains praise for himself, that includes Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. When little children give worship to this son of David, they can silence the sophisticated faithless. So, Psalm 8 tells us. And they give that praise, not because they don't know better. They give it by the grace of God. It's ordained by God. Just like anybody else. By grace they see how worthy Jesus is, while others can't even can't see it, even if it's as plain, it's a nose on their faith and they, his face, and they see that the wonderful things that he did. even though they should know better. Even the children can know who Jesus is and what he's done. And they give him the praise that he deserves. Isn't that, it's always a joy to see the children doing that, isn't it? And Jesus did nothing to discourage that praise. Is Christ worthy of our hosannas? These little children certainly thought so. Jesus said they were right. As one greater than the temple, as the righteous and holy one of David and of God, he not only cleanses the temple, he makes it new in himself, Emmanuel, God with us. He cleanses a holy temple for Himself, the Church of Jesus Christ. He cleanses people even now by the work of His Spirit and the spreading of His Gospel Word. And He allows us into His presence, into the presence of God. In new and better ways than before. In relationship, in praise, in prayer. And as we walk in the presence of God every single day of our life, And even in the fiery trials of life, he refines us as his holy temples by his Spirit. Old or young, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Christ is deserving of our hosans. And may we teach that to our children. And may they see that from us as examples. May we remember that ourselves and be an example to the children. And also learn from the example of enthusiastic children. So that they and we will never forget that Jesus is always deserving of our Hosanna. Amen. Let's take a moment to respond in prayer, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, may we, in a passage like this, be reminded again of of how marvelous Jesus is. So worthy of our hosannas. So worthy of praise for his saving work. That we might see, Father, through the cleansing of the temple, the healing in the temple, and the praises of the temple, even by little children how deserving he is of our praise and what marvelous things he does and will continue to do as we anticipate when he makes all things new, but how he cleanses people by his blood, by who he is, and how along with you in the spirit, he is deserving of our praise. May that show forth enthusiastically, dear father as enthusiastically as the children who cried out and said, Bless Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hear us, Father, we pray in Jesus' name.